Hello and welcome to this week's Tez podcast. I'm Dave Speck and joining me is Ed Dorrell. Hi, Ed. Hello, hello. Uh, Helen Ward. Hi, hi Helen. Hi, hi. And Catherine Love. Hi, Catherine. Hello. Now, the big event, uh, big political event this weekend is the Labour Party conference. But before we talk a bit about that, let's just talk about the Lib Dem conference, which happened last weekend. And Catherine, you, you were at that. What, what was that like? Um, I mean, I, I think they were they were sort of had some had some fairly kind of bold policies lined up. Um, obviously, their kind of their their largest policy was relating to kind of lifelong learning and adult education, and this idea that uh, people could kind of draw on a, a PISA, which is kind of they they sort of described it being a little bit like an ISA, and people can kind of draw into it and, and pursue education throughout their lives. I think at twenty five, forty, and, and fifty five. Um, and there, there were some people there speaking quite movingly, actually, about how they'd they'd kind of benefited from that themselves, sort of right. retraining yeah. or, or changing career. Um, and then there were there were, there were some other things as well. So um, in terms of kind of you know, their their policy, as as with um, as with Labour, is is, is sort of. Uh, to, to possibly reform or, or indeed kind of ban get get rid abolish of Ofsted. Ofsted. Um, <laughs> abolish Ofsted abolish um, Ofsted and so they they spoke about that and also about sort of possibly um, I know I know that uh, the the day after I left their candidate for London Mayor also said that uh, that she yeah. would um, Siobhan Benita said she she would kind of abolish all exclusions within permanent the capital as well wasn't yeah. permanent, permanent exclusions. Uh, which makes you they've got quite a they've got quite a bold policy slate, haven't they? For 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 them, including getting rid of SATs as well. I mean, essentially getting rid of all testing. I mean, how yeah. different is that from the Labour agenda? Because they've they're calling for an abolition of SATs and and baseline tests and possibly surgery, major surgery to Ofsted. So how different? Does the Lib Dems differ from Labour, do you think? The Lib Dems, of course, would get rid of academies as well. They'd renationalise academies. They've also said in the past. Right. Um, I mean, I mean, Labour have almost gone that far, though, haven't yeah. they? I mean, but, but, but what have Labour said on, on academies then? What, what? Well, uh, they've said they were going to... Uh, well, Angela Rayner, the Shadow Education Secretary, as I think I've said on this podcast before, has, is walking a very, very fine line. On academy, she's speaking on Sunday morning. I think Dave, she is. So, right? yeah. yeah, well, attention. Pos- Sunday afternoon it could be, but yeah, uh, it's walking a really fine line. She's never exactly said, in precise terms, that all academies would go back to local authority, local authority control. This time last year, she said she would return democratic accountability, which those in the Labour Party hall took to be. Local, local authority <laughs> control and cheered and whooped. But, I, mean, but the, I, I think they, they failed to see the nuance in what she was saying. The, the, the big question is, would teachers be better off under Labour, do, do you think? I mean, what, what would be the arguments that they would be better off, do you think? Well, do you think they'd be... Well, they don't have a policy on wages, I don't think. I, 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 <laughs> I was think, joking. No, no, but no, it yeah. would be difficult to go back on this. The, the, yeah, the definitely. Yeah, definitely. You, you were talking and, about that yourself already, weren't you, about the... How it, was it, Jeff Barton, or someone you were quoting about? Um, it sets a line in the sand, I think. Well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. the promise of uh, higher salaries for NQTs. Yeah, yeah the and whole funding, funding plan and, and all the yeah. funding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, no, if you, yeah, th- if you think this week the IFS did point out that that funding, even with that funding pledge, it will reverse the cuts. It will still leave schools in three years' time where they were ten years ago. Yeah. So it's like mm-hmm. thirteen years, years ago. Thirteen years ago. Yeah. Thirteen well, years. The from the, gets yeah, so in three years. Yeah. yeah so it will be. It's the equivalent of a, yeah. That 13-year period is incidentally exactly the time that a kid is in compulsory education. Oh, yeah. So a child would have gone through compulsory education, <laughs> uh, experienced cuts every single year. So that big hike 
landing in 2022 will be small compensation to them, mm. I imagine. Absolutely. Yeah, or their parents, yeah. Well, yeah. indeed, their parents. To your question, uh, would teachers be better off under Ofsted? Well, if you think... Uh, under labour. Under labour. But if you think they'd be better off without Ofsted or with a radically reimagined Ofsted, then yes. And of course... If you think they'd be better off without SATs, then yes. Uh, but what it, would replace Ofsted? I mean, what... what... You still need so, some sort so we of... Ran a, we ran a story, didn't we, about three, four, five months ago, I can't remember, saying that um, Labour had plans for radical surgery on inspection. Yeah, yeah. Um, we still don't know what that looks like and what we, that amounts to. Didn't John wrote the story, I think. He mentioned something about peer reviews, peer reviews. Peer-to-peer what, review, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. That's a school-to-school review. I mean, it's anyone's guess. We we think that Rainer's speech on Sunday morning or afternoon may probably could likely <laughs> have more details of this yeah. radical surgery. But I mean, the SATS announcement was already made. I was w- there w- in Liverpool. W- w- was was made by Corbyn. Yeah, I was ten, ten yards away from him when he, he said that he would. So it's possible Corbyn will make the announcement. In his oh, leader okay. speech, yeah, yeah. Um, what we do know is that the NUT, sorry, the NEU, does have influence on what on Labour's thinking. So, if you like the NEU's long-term stance on many of these issues, then you probably like Labour's stance on many of these issues. Is, is that got anything to do with your story this week about Christine Blower? Um, your exclusive insight into the influences <laughs> I, behind the scenes of the Labour Party. I have lots of insight. None of it is exclusive. It's always borrowed from someone else. Uh, uh, yeah, so Christine Blower, ex-general secretary of the NUT, is apparently working with um, Jeremy Corbyn in his office on education policy. Um, and that comes as no surprise to anyone, given if you look at their policy slate... But it does um, help to explain why uh, Christine Blower is now Baroness Blower. Mm. I mean, they're certainly moving to the left. In, in, when you look at this um, private school stuff, um, the, the John McDonald's come out this week, hasn't he, Helen, and said that, you know, um, private schools shouldn't exist anymore, um, which is a story we've, we've done, isn't it, this week? Yeah, I um, think it was slightly more he's backing a motion at the conference that... He's backing a campaign that's putting the motion. Yeah, it's yeah. a Labour Party campaign called snappily Abolish Eaton, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. But but we had a, a really good piece written by a, a deputy head from an independent school, David James. Yeah, our independent school columnist. He's, he's, of course. He writes fortnightly for us, <laughs> Dave. But, but he, he, he is an extremely good writer, and he's, he's put this writer, into some yeah. really strong terms about teachers in private schools who are also union members are completely being abandoned here because he's arguing that the union should have at least confronted the Labour Party over these statistics. I think they've said they can raise $1.6 billion from um, putting VAT on private school fees and, and um, charging them business rates or something. And Nobody's kind of challenged that. Um, I mean, it's really interesting, isn't it? It's really interesting that... Uh, the Labour agenda is moving so far to the left that they can talk in open terms about having a series of policies that might that may not directly abolish the private school sector, but would have 
as their ambition a point where it becomes almost impossible for most private schools to exist like as you say putting VAT on school fees increasing business rates um abolishing their um charitable status yeah, yeah. i mean th- this is the stuff this is the labor party the same labor party it doesn't feel like it but it's the same labor party that with tony blair as its leader talked endlessly about how the state state schools needed to get the dna of the independent sector and the state yeah. and the independent yeah. schools needed to sponsor more academies and they needed to work together i mean this is amazing so to your question about whether teachers will be better off under labor not if you work in an independent no, school no. and you want to continue to work in an independent school but i i, I think some teachers would say they'd be better off without sats and better off without baseline tests well a lot of teachers wouldn't they helen i mean you've yeah you've mentioned... they haven't actually come in yet but uh, we are in the baseline test but that's that's i think that's why there's so much because i think they kind of feel there's still there's to be fair it's the uh, it's kind of people who are working in early years who seem to be most concerned about it and the NU who have been leading a campaign uh, what's happened this week though because so, i think quite a few schools have pulled out of a pilot so that was that was that was um so the stories we've had this week, we've had a kind of quite a few earlier stories up this week which um and some which have done fantastically well they're doing people are really interested in this whole issue so um the baseline is due to come in next year as a statutory assessment so and it will be just a short kind of test um it's not a test sorry i could get into it it's an assessment because <laughs> They're actually, it's, it's not a kind of like the multiplication tables yeah. check, which is being... To, to children, it'll appear like a game, won't it? Yeah, it's kind of being used with um, like plastic shapes and things like this. Yeah. So it's actually kind of hands-on type things. And the idea is like a 20-minute check and it's going to be looking at maths and language skills. There was an idea at one point to look at kind of more um, social skill type things, but that's been dropped. Um, so nine and a half thousand schools have signed up for it, which isn't a great deal when you consider how many primary schools are eligible. Seven and a half didn't. And out of those schools, and since signing up, another 200 odd, 178 have dropped out after signing up in April. And um, yeah, there's, there's kind of concern that this, this test, this, the, the two major, major concerns are one, it's just a total waste of time because they're going to be doing this, and then they don't get the actual score. There's no score. Yeah. There's no it's kind a verbal of, kind of... You're going to get a narrative statement. Yeah. But the but score the, goes into a box. Yeah, the it? score goes into up. the box. The teachers don't get it. So they do this. And then they'll have to do their own baseline tests. So they do have something that they can use to baseline the children and work out what yeah. they need to do yeah. with them. Yeah. And then the score, as Ed was pointing out, goes into a box, comes out seven years later at Key Stage 2, and is used to measure the progress. But people are pointing out, with seven years' time, how many things the head teacher have changed, the teacher could have, you know, the head yeah, teachers, the yeah. teachers, the staff. Yeah. In some schools, quite a lot of the children won't, won't be in year six who were the ones who started in reception. And so, how valid is this score going to be, this 20 minute check, to show what a school is adding? So, they're the kind of two major concerns. And, and just tell us, Helen, there's been some issue about the. Um... Changes to the EYFS. Yeah, the, um, the earliest foundation stage for pupils under five. Yeah, so these are proposed changes to the goals. So this is slightly different. The baseline is, is being proposed for the beginning of reception and the earliest foundation stage profile, as it's called, is done at the end. And it's very broad. It's really popular. It's maybe the only assessment I have ever written about a campaign to keep it. So, <laughs> <laughs> there's been lots of I've spent a lot of my years here writing about campaigns to get rid of yeah. this. But this one was a campaign where people said we must keep the profile. But, but, but isn't it? Is it? it it's 
sidelining personal development no, expense. no. Oh. So the the proposal, there's various proposals, but I think the um, I think they want to keep it in. They're, they're keeping personal, social, and emotional development type of things. But I think what they're concerned is if 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 the proposals move more towards kind of maths. The biggest concern is getting rid of shape, space, and number in maths. Right. And a new um, report from early education, which is, represents a lot of the kind of academics and researchers in early education and consultants, are saying. This may look like just just you know trying to reduce workload, which is how it's been put. But actually, that's kind of quite a vital part of children's development, mathematical development. And they're worried, yes, about kind of just in general narrowing it down away from this broad assessment that you have now. Um, mm. Well, um, Catherine, you, you, you've uh, picked out a really fascinating article from the magazine, and, and this is our lead article this week. We're sort of going back to teacher well-being, which seems to be the theme of this, does it? Theme of this, this podcast, podcast isn't it? Is, yeah. Kind of. Um, but just tell us about a bit about that, would you, Catherine? Is it over to you? Um, <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's it's links like that that got us where we are that today. Was a, that's a seamless segue. <laughs> um, so, um, in terms of, it is a really interesting article. It's um, it's by Jamie Tom, and he's talking about kind of stopping the collapse of. Uh, new newly qualified teachers um, because there's sort of there's so much attrition in the profession there's so many people leaving um, and he he sort of speaks from personal experience he was once he says kind of a, a burned out NQT and uh, so he's been investigating uh, what what me, what makes people leave the profession after after five years um, so he's he's sort of looked at DFE data and. It says that 15.3% of teachers who qualified in 2017 left uh, after their first year of teaching um, and that of, of those who qualified in, in 2013, only 67% uh, were, were still teaching in 2018. Yeah. So it's, a, it's, a, it's quite a poor retention rate. And he does say that's not kind of only true for, for the UK. This sort of seems to span uh, across a lot of OECD I, I countries. Mean, and Ed's described it as what, a fairly hideous cocktail of... Um, Accountability, league tables, and inspection—is that that's how you describe it in today's column? Yeah, and, and as uh, in the leader column today, I mean, uh, what I'm trying to say is that that is the cocktail that leads to the pressure in schools that results in too many yeah. teachers leaving too early. So I mean, it's a second order consequence. I'm not saying that Ofsted means teachers leave. I mean, the general vibe in a lot of schools can be fairly toxic because yeah. of the pressure <coughs> that uh, that is that surrounds them. Um, the punitive accountability ratio. Yeah, but 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 this chap, Catherine, he he's talking about. He's given some kind of a, a tips or steps that need to be taken, hasn't he? What, what what's he said? Yeah, so he sort of. Um, I mean, I think the main things that came up from from his research, and he spoke to I think 150 teachers in the UK, um, and he said, you know, things like lack of training. Um, particularly on behaviour management and also workload, all of those things were leading people to, to leave. So he's done a kind of sort of three top tips on, on supporting NQTs. And the first one is um, to sort of build in a five-year support plan, um, which which is sort of fairly similar to the plans to introduce an, an early career framework. But uh, he's he said that people, they have all the support in PGC, then they have, you know, obviously mentors and um, I'm a former teacher myself. You get a lot of mentoring within your, your first year, your NQT year. Um, and then they said kind of after that, that there's there's a little bit of a drop off in yeah. the support and it yeah. feels like a in the second of, year it just drops off. Does it? Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like he, he sort of described it as a 
void of feedback that that people yeah. you know feel feel yeah. they had all the support then it suddenly gets taken away even though they are still quite quite new to the profession um and then sort of also kind of he 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 said kind of having supportive leadership was was the second uh the second thing that was needed so he said sort of you know prescriptive marking policies um you know too much time being spent sort of i suppose kind of filling in data and and perhaps doing things that are not really supporting the work going on in the classroom yeah. um was was also meaning that teachers weren't getting the cpd and, and yeah. the support that yeah. that they needed because i should say um we should say now at this point possibly that tez has done a survey this week of more than six thousand teachers have responded mm. and it, it shows high levels of kind of dissatisfaction that teachers are overworked teachers are overlooked and only 21 percent of teachers have said that their workload was manageable in this survey and we've asked a couple of people to comment on this and, and one of the one of those people was uh, Sinead McBrady from the Education Support Partnership and she says exactly what, what, what you're saying that um, you know senior leadership is, is really important here and that they show emotional intelligent leadership um, to promote a positive school culture but you know I mean it, it kind of all ties in doesn't it um, it really does, mm. I mean, and but this is this is the problem really. Which I'm saying, my leader is that you know, I think you know, as a newspaper, as an organisation, we believe passionately in broad-shouldered school leadership, and that the best leaders are capable of of deflecting, absorbing, and deflecting the worst pressures that come with them. And, and and one of the benefits of that would be, or should be, in schools, the new and young teachers get a really fantastic mentoring program, and they get time to develop and time to breathe and time to to training. Um, but but, yeah. but, the, but the point is that the pressures in the system are such. Yeah, I mean, the leaders that, that, themselves are under yeah, huge leaders, pressures. Leaders are dropping out. Hours hours a week. And you need the money to be able to release the teachers to do the mentoring yeah. and to train yeah, the mentors rather than yeah. just kind of knocking on someone's door and say, oh, can you yeah. mentor yeah. this person <laughs> next week? Kind I mean, of the, the, the positive so, bit, which is in my in my instinct, my, my gut tells me that actually if you can get the time and the money and the relief from the pressures, actually if you did mentoring properly, it could be amazing. And I think it could help and reduce that, the that's number... That's the point you make, isn't yeah. it? That older teachers would really kind of get a new yeah. energy from, from that so. mentoring role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. But, I mean, so that maybe that is what Jeremy Corbyn and Angela Rayner ought to be talking about. <laughs> yeah, but you would... It, it's, mentoring um, for NQTs. Yeah. It doesn't have quite the same I mean, sexy top line <laughs> yeah, as abolish, yeah. abolish Ofsted. Um. But a scrap eaten or abolish Ofsted. But it, maybe it would have a more profound uh, yeah, impact. Yeah, attention mm, at both definitely. ends. You'd have more yeah. people. Uh, yeah. Well, there was a final story about a protractor somewhere, isn't there? We, this we, is your unfinally moment. <laughs> this should be unfinally. <laughs> but uh, uh, do you know anything about protractor? So the protractor story is <laughs> a teacher. It's a teacher from. My hometown of Andover, <laughs> oh, nice. Hampshire, which I did in terms of, you know, journalistic purity. I did run past and say to him, am I just being biased? But he said, no, it's fine. It's still, you can. And she has designed a protractor, which she says is simpler and easier to use than yeah. a standard traditional protractor. Although some people who have looked at it said, not really especially if you're left-handed sure yes whether oh. it is or not so but i think people will have to read our story which has a picture of both the new and old ones in uh, or when i it say old good, new and it? standard yeah yeah and decide for themselves so whether they think a protractor 
they'd need a new angle. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. That is a good one. <laughs> what a way to finish, <laughs> What a way to finish. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>